Hi, and welcome to the Michigan Swimming LSC podcast, Around the Deck. I'm your host, Sean Cornelia, head coach of Liquid Lightning and age group chair for the LSC. Around the Deck was created to share new ideas, developments, and perspectives from experts who can give us insight into the swimming community here in Michigan and USA Swimming. First ever podcast. Welcome to Joe Gazzarato. He's the general chair of Michigan Swimming Board, or as we like to call the emperor of the uh, fiefdom. I've known Joe many years, have the privilege of working with him at different conferences and meetings, and been very impressed with where he's taking the LSC. Joe's here to shed some light on some parts of the Michigan LSC that we may not know or understand, basically peeling back the onion, uh, as I'd like to describe it. So, Joe, thanks for being here today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sean. I'm glad to be here. No worries. This is our first ever, and uh, we'll try to work through it and uh, make it as clean and solid and get better as we go. So we're basically the guinea pigs of this uh podcast. So uh, we'll start off. What's your background? What's your swimming experience? Tell the LSC and the people who are listening, uh, why you, what happened to create your passion in swimming? What led up to that to where you are now? Yeah. So uh, I actually swam 12 years at Utica Shelby Swim Club for Erica Thomas almost all of those years. Um, How I got involved in swimming was actually kind of a funny story you know, growing up, I did as all, you know, kids do, you know, try t-ball, soccer, et cetera, uh, quickly discovered I have zero hand-eye coordination. Um, and, you know, lo and behold, I think, you know, first or second grade got a flyer sent home in the mail um, for swim club tryouts over at Eisenhower High School. And, you know, I brought it home and I told my parents, you know, hey, I wanted to do this. And, you know, my mom looked at me and said, well, sure, you know, go for it. And then, you know, uh, she then says, you know, with caveat, it's okay if you don't make the team. <laughs> That's great. Which, uh, you know, it um, was kind of funny looking back on it. You know, did my tryouts and, you know, as they say, the rest is history. Um, you know, enjoyed it both from the individual aspect, but also then from the, the team aspect. I had a lot of great friends uh, in swimming and it's really been one of the things that's been, you know, most consistent Um in my life. And and one of the things that I've been able to do now, you know, both on the wet side competing for 12 years, but then now staying involved on the dry side for almost two decades. So. Yeah. It's um, been a long time. You've been, you've been involved with that as long as I can remember. Yeah. So, you know, I think um, every year, you know, the more and more I do, the passion keeps growing. Right. It's like one of those things. It's like one of the, the virtuous cycle, right? The more you do it, the more you grow to love it. And I think that's the reason I continue to, to stay involved. So. Great. What is your why as a general chair? What made you, I know there's different levels of board positions, and I know you held a few of those. What, what is your why? What motivated you to be the general chair of the LSC? Yeah. Um, I think it goes back to some of the reasons I got involved in the first place. So I started my uh, involvement on the board as an athlete representative. Um, you know, one of those things where you run at a state meeting and, uh, you know, everybody votes for, you know, their favorite person. Right. And the reason I got involved was I really, as an athlete wanted to enhance the athlete experience. Right. I I wanted to be the voice at the table with, you know, things that affected athletes and, and wanted to continue making change in the organization. Right. As others had done before me. I think a similar philosophy applies to why being, you know, general chair. Um, now, you know, still hyper-focused on our athletes, but we have a phenomenal athlete division right now. 
Uh, we have a, a great coach division, great officials committee. I think for me, it's expanded to wanting to continue to move our LSC to the next level for the community as a whole, right? And so having experienced, you know, done the athlete side, I spent a short time doing the admin vice chair role and now as general chair, um, you really have the ability to look across the board um, and see, you know, what changes we can make in our sport as a whole um, in Michigan versus, you know, just being confined to a particular constituency. And I think, you know, one of the reasons I, I am still passionate about staying involved on the dry side of the sport is, you know, I, I sort of made the decision to quit <laughs> about a month before the end of my uh, senior year summer before I went off to college. And it's not one of the things I would say I regret because it's what I wanted to do at the time. But it's one of the things that if I could go back and change it, I don't think, you know, I would have kind of given up, um, you know, that close to the end. So for me, this is, I think, a way to to stay involved and do something that, you know, maybe get some kind of closure on, on finishing a, a career with the sport. So well, that, makes, that makes total sense. And, you know, my my conversations with coaches on deck and being around these uh, places and conversations about the Michigan Swimming Board, I think that you and the group that have come in the last few years have really made this a professional organization. And you can see that that's the passion that you drive that from. So uh, kudos on that. I think that's um, something that was uh, desperately needed. Not that it didn't run that well before, but I think taking the information you get from national and to be able to disseminate that and trickle it down and make it digestible to everyone that's involved with the LSC at no matter what level. I think you, uh, you've you done that really well. And you talk about the divisions, and I think they're very good at um, putting that into the uh, the perspective of the uh, the athletes, because that's what we should be doing. We're athlete-centric. We should be driving that. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, and you make, a, you make a great point here, Sean, and I, I appreciate the compliment. You know, I, I like to say that, you know, I do my job well and the board does its job well when our clubs can focus on doing what they do well, right? And, and our coaches can focus on, coach, on coaching, our athletes can focus on competing and not have to worry about all of the bureaucracy, right, that goes on behind the scenes. And I think, you know, yes, we have certainly professionalized the organization, but I think that also helps others be able to do their jobs um, better. And that's been one of my primary goals um, throughout my tenure as general chair. So. Oh, I, I agree with that. I think there's, uh, you take that off their plate and they're able to do what they do best better. You know, yeah. I think that's a, that's a nice perspective. Are you happy with the status of the LSC? What are we doing really well right now, Joe? Yeah, overall, I'm happy. Um, I think there's obviously always opportunity to do better, but coming out of a couple very difficult years with COVID, um, we have returned to almost pre-COVID membership, um, both on the athlete and non-athlete side, uh, competitions, et cetera. So that makes me very happy to see the resilience of the community kind of going back to what we were used to, you know, 2019 and before. Um, as always, I think we do very well at... Uh, the basics, right? We have a great competition calendar, again, opportunity to do better in some areas, but clubs that are willing to step up and, and host competitions for our athletes. Uh, we have a very strong athlete division. I'm incredibly proud of the work that they do, um, you know, for their constituents, for the community. Um, they've done a lot of great initiatives over the last several years, and there's no sign of them slowing down, right? I, I, I like to tout our athlete division at, you know, all these different events and conferences and meetings I get to go to, 
um, I'm incredibly proud to talk about and present the work that they do. Well, not to interrupt, but when we were in that conference in Denver, um, I was incredibly impressed on how connected our athletes were around the country to the other athletes. And that, that says a lot about that, uh, that group. And again, that's the group that uh, I think, you know, is the, what we stand on and to see that happen and exactly what you just said, I think that they're doing a phenomenal job and the leadership and learning how to be leaders and learning how to be uh, where you were as an athlete rep years ago and maybe make that, you know, run up the food chain later on in life. But no, I totally agree with that. So that's a great point. Yeah, no, they are, they are a fantastic group. Um, and then I think, you know, we also, as an LSC, have a, a great set of clubs, right? I, I like to say, you know, I think one of the things that makes me happiest is we have a lot of opportunities for athletes to get involved in the sport. Um, and that's not necessarily true across the country, especially in LSCs that are geographically as large or larger than ours, right? I think sometimes we get hyper fixated on the Tri-County area, maybe lump Washtenaw County in there from time to time. And, and you know, think about our state is quite small, but, you know, we actually have a lot of clubs in a lot of other places, and there's a lot of interest in swimming in a lot of other places. And I think it's been great to see clubs pop up and start and continue to run resiliently for decades um, across the geography of the LSC and provide those opportunities. So, oh, sure. you know, I think we have a really nice balance, and that's not something I think I really appreciated enough until I took on this role as general chair and saw in some other LSCs that they just simply have, you know, some areas where swimming is not an option for kids. Yeah. What do you think we can do better, like as a board and LSC? I mean, kind of narrow it down. What do you think when you sit back and think about, you know, what we're doing on the board, what we're doing for the LSC? What can we do better? What are what are your base thoughts on that? Yeah, a couple areas where I think we can do better. Uh, one, I think we have to as an organization. Uh, look to what's next in terms of services that we provide for our members, right? I know there's a lot of conversation that comes up and it, rightfully so. I've had with people who ask me, right, when I pay my 86 or $88, right, what is that going towards? And of course, you know, we talk about what goes to USA Swimming and the work and the programs that they provide, but then there's still about 18 or 20 bucks that comes to Michigan Swimming, right? And I think we do really great at creating and providing the basics, right? Competitions, infrastructure for our clubs to run and operate. And that's all great. And that's what you have to do to be successful in this, uh, in any kind of sport, right? You have to get the basics right. But I think, you know, we need to start thinking about what else does that 18 or $20 get for our members, right? Um, it's great to compete and it's great to provide those opportunities, but one of the most important things is development, right? And that's development for athletes, for coaches, for officials, for the community, right? I think we have to start thinking about um, what can we do beyond the pool? And I think we've made some great progress, both with our athletes divisions and our coaches division has started to make some great progress uh, right before COVID and is picking up again. Sure. But I, th I think we have to really be focused on what else our members want, right? We can run the business um, well for competitions as it is now, but I think as you know, we continue to compete for time, right? That's our biggest kind of competitive threat. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, as, as soccer and baseball and hockey and all these other sports begin to offer other things and include the whole family um, mm -hmm. and potentially it 
less time commitment than swimming typically mandates, I think we have to start thinking about how do we continue to capture and retain, um, you know, membership. And, and I think it's going to be through development. Um, so I think that's the biggest priority. And then I think the natural follow on to that, the other thing I think we can improve and, and I hope that we can do over time, and it, it will certainly happen post my tenure, um, is getting folks involved, right? I think the only way we can do those things um, is if we have people willing to step up and raise their hand and making that a seamless and easy and non-intimidating process. Right? Yeah, I was going to say not, not intimidating. I think so that I think you may have a lot of people out there that have that and want that opportunity. They're just apprehensive because it, it's like this big monster that they don't understand. And that's why we're doing this podcast and having these conversations kind of break that wall down a little bit. Yeah, no, and I think I think that's exactly right. There's a lot of people who are expressing interest. I, I have sitting next to me still, um, as kind of a reminder, I have, you know, the, the 20 or 30 committee interest forms from House of Delegates, right? And people are willing to check the box. It's just we have to break the stigma, I would say, around it being a 20-hour-a-week commitment. It is for me. That's the role I signed up for, right? <laughs> um, but to make change, you know, that doesn't have to be like that. And I think the other thing we have to start doing as a board that follows on from the involvement perspective is celebrating the great work that our volunteers do, right? I think a lot of the, the stuff that has gone on over the last several years, we've done a lot of great things, but it's all typically thankless, right? It, it, people typically tend to take it for granted. There's not a lot of recognition of the effort that goes in. And I, I think that's something we certainly need to to change. I mean, sure. you know, it's, it's volunteer at the end of the day, yeah. right? A simple thank you goes a long way. And, and so that's one of my priorities going into my last year is celebrating the great things that our volunteers do and, and initiatives that they take up. And this is a great one that you're doing, right? With the podcast, sure. I think, um, you know, you had an idea, you asked me if we could make it a reality. And, you know, I think the answer is if we can start saying yes to those things and then celebrating them when they go really well, um, maybe more people will be inspired to to get involved and, you know, see that it's not some giant, um, you know, intimidating process to, to make a change in the community. Right. I read a book a few years ago. It's uh, about the Hallmark uh, company. It's probably about 20 years of navigating the giant hairball. It's just learning how to go through and understanding where it all goes because it's really not as complicated as it looks. And yeah. um, I welcome this, and this is exactly why I'm putting this out there for people so we can break down some of those uh, misconceptions. And yeah. So no, it's good. Um, moving on a little bit, um, what's some of the legislation that National has given down that we really need to know more of, just kind of in like a thumbnail sketch, uh, you know, for our LSC site yeah. <laughs> registration and all the fun enjoy that's been. Yeah, I will say a big thank you to everyone listening for the patience with online registration. Um, I know it is a, at times, frustrating process. Um, I know everyone's been doing a, a lot of work to try to make it through. It will get better, um, you know, and, and what it will allow us to do once it does, you know, finally smooth out is really great. Um, you know, USA Swimming was 100% right. The old platform was going to break in the near future. It was designed 20 years ago. Um, you know, systems didn't talk to each other and it made uh, some of the end user experience very difficult for our members and for our clubs. Um, of course, you know, with any technology rollout, there are going to be bumps in the road. <laughs> um, I think we've seen a fair number for these, but USA Swimming is working on them. And, you know, the data we will have access to, the quality of that data 
is going to be extremely important for us as an LSC as we um, continue to move forward and make decisions, especially around programming and services that we do beyond the pool. Um, I, I think there's going to continue to be a trend on the legislation side where safe sport will continue to be a priority as it should for USA Swimming. Um, you know, back in the, the late 2010s, Congress passed um, a, n a number of pieces of legislation that basically set up the U.S. Center for Safe Sport and mandated that Olympic uh, and amateur sports governing bodies take safe sport a little bit more seriously than they may have in the past. And we've been fortunate with USA Swimming that it's always been on the forefront of safe sport and keeping our athletes first and protected. That wasn't always the case across other NGDs as you know, as you just look to the news and then see what's happened. Sure. Um, the U S center first, but that, that wasn't a flip of the switch, right? Congress passing legislation, I think as all of us know, right. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that change is going to happen overnight or that it's going to go well. And so, one of the things that it did set up was the, the U.S. Center for Safe Sport. And over the last five or six years, the U.S. Center for Safe Sport has really started developing and implementing policies that um, really build out Congress's vision for protecting athletes in the Olympic movement. Sure. That obviously trickles down, right, to USA Swimming as a, as a national governing body. I think we will continue to see uh, enhancements to the Safe Sport program um, continue at the national level. So. Um, you know, one of the things we've seen over the last couple of years, right, was the minor athlete abuse prevention policy that came out um, and has made a big step forward in, you know, articulating what is and is not acceptable in our sport, right, um, beyond just a code of conduct, right? It's pretty specific. Um, I think the next thing we'll see is, you know, uh, programs that ensure that that policy is being followed in best practices, right? So that way, it can be implemented with consistency and confidence. So that way, you know, we're not left interpreting this 10 or 11 page document and trying to figure out and set up different processes, you know, uh, across different clubs. Sure. I think, you know, that will continue to be a priority for USA Swimming. Um, one of the things that I do know, you know, USA Swimming is very cognizant of as it advances safe sport legislation is also figuring out how to uh, manage the burden that that may put on our clubs. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, uh, our clubs recognize that safe sport is incredibly important. I think every club wants to make sure that their athletes are protected and, and all of that. Um, but at the same time, have a finite amount of resources, right, to do that. And I think um, that's where when these policy changes come out, you know, it can be frustrating at times for clubs when the burden is, is substantially increased. And something that not a lot of people see that goes on behind the scenes is, USA Swimming is constantly trying to figure out how to strike that balance. So I would I would encourage people as these policies come out over the next couple of years, you know, I, I don't have any secret insider information on what they may be, but um, I would encourage clubs to continue to provide feedback both to us as an LSC and to USA Swimming Safe Sport on the practical implementation and the reality because USA Swimming truly does care. <laughs> Um, what our clubs are facing. And, and I know sometimes, you know, there might be other opinions to the contrary um, on that. So I want people to know that. Well, um, that's, the, that's the conference in Denver. I mean, that's the thing that they're not just giving lip service to this type of thing. I think they generally care about the nine and 10 year old in Des Moines. You know, I really do. I think they, you know, isn't it an administrative giant? Yeah. I, I mean, just like our you know, our board at LSC, but mm -hmm. I, from what they were talking and the voice and the, what you could get from the people that were there um, in the, the power of that was there. I think that they're, they're genuinely 
want to make sure it's not just a CYA situation. It's a, Hey, we want to protect Susie and Des Moines just as much as we want to have 52 people on the Olympic team. I thought that was pretty, uh, to me, it was pretty evident. And if it's evident to me, Joe, it's probably pretty obvious. The most. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think that's maybe one of the things I will say, you know, if we're giving people a peek behind the curtain though, is, um, being in my role as general chair, I do get to see how USA Swimming responds to feedback, right? Yeah. I am involved in those conversations and I do get to take feedback that I receive to USA Swimming and I do actually get to see it actioned on. So, um, you know, that is one of the things that to most of the community probably don't realize happens, but to USA Swimming's credit, um, they, they really do value feedback and thoughts. So uh, please continue to share them with me on, on, a, on a variety of topics. Sure, definitely. Um, and then, Sean, just to maybe kind of wrap up your question about what other legislation I think is coming down the pipeline or policy, maybe not necessarily legislation or program, right? Um, I think USA Swimming, as they look towards the, you know, 2028 and 2032 Olympic Games, um, is also focusing on growing the base of the pyramid, right? So our, our developmental programs. Um, obviously, USA Swimming fields a national team for the Olympics, but you know, you have to get people into the pipeline before you can get them, you know, onto the national team. And, you know, as we know, the, the pyramid narrows right towards the top with that national team. Um, but there's a pretty big base. And I would anticipate USA Swimming is going to make some concerted efforts around our 14 and under, 12 and under populations to really recruit and keep them involved in the sport um, and put some really, hopefully, innovative ideas forward for how to... Um, both as an organization at USA Swimming, as an organization as an LSC, but also help our clubs um, do that as well, because you know our current national team will not be the national team for 2028 or 2032. Right. Like we're going to have new people, new young blood um, in the pipeline, and, and the only way um, that we're going to have successful teams in those uh, in those years is going to be if you know we start getting those 12 and unders in the pipeline now. So I would anticipate that will be a focus for USA oh, Swimming nice. over the next decade. And that, that may help clubs be able to retain part of my it might be in a new head coach at the club I'm at is to work on retention, you know, and work on recruitment and retention and our base should be a pyramid and, you know, uh, things like that. And I think if USA swimming and they need to recognize that. And I think we need to recognize that on a LSC level of, you know, how to retain kids because swim meets, we may need to find different creative ways to do swim meets. We may, you know, cause not everyone wants to go away for three days and sit there for four hours. You know, I mean, yeah. that's, when you can go to a soccer game and be there for an hour and leave and go have dinner. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, you hit the nail on the head here, Sean, you know, and it's one of the things that I think is always most fascinating to me when we get to summer, right. Is summer mm -hmm. league. There are so many summer league swimmers that aren't USA swimmers. Right. right? And, yeah. you know, you talk to the families and you talk to the kids who are there and, and you ask them, you know, why do you do summer league? Right. There's a club here. You are you interested in joining? And, you know, swimming is a 20, 30 hour a week commitment for the whole family when yep. you're, when you're talking about the club level, right? Yep. Um, summer league is fun on a Saturday, right? Yep. Or on a Thursday, right? right? You're out of there in three hours and you've had a great time. You go to, you know, you go to Dairy Queen, like you're done, but you have a great time and it's low pressure. Yeah. And I think as we move forward over the next, you know, couple of years, I would anticipate that there will be a, a, a movement or an effort both at the national level, but I think importantly at the LSC level as well yeah. to create opportunities for uh, families, for athletes, for our young people who are looking for that less than 20 hour a week experience, but still sure. want to be involved with swimming. Right. Sure. I, I do think that's going to be something super important. Um, you know, we just lower the bar to entry. So. Sure. No, I think that's great. No, it's uh, something that I'm, 
I've always enjoyed Summer Club. That was my first job back in Ann Arbor at Chippewa Hills Swim and Tennis Club in Ypsilanti, Ann Arbor. My friend, I had no idea what I was doing, but I had more fun in those three years. And uh, it, was, it was a great time. You know, it's, uh, you know, Washtenaw County has like 6,000 summer league swimmers. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, and they all walk into Club Overeen or back when I swam, you know, back when I coached their Ann Arbor Swim Club, they all knew how to swim. And yeah. they wanted, loved it, and we tried to keep that passion for it. And, yeah, so I think there's there's room for that. Thanks for tuning into Around the Deck. Check out part two of our conversation with Joe Gazzarato in our next podcast. If you have a topic idea you'd love for us to cover, please email us at podcast at miswim.org. Until then, see you around the deck. <laughs>